0: Hey, Sweat Elite podcast listeners, Matt here once again. Thanks for tuning into another podcast episode. First things first, I usually do this at the end, but I'd just like to thank the Sweat Elite subscribers that help keep the content coming here at Sweat Elite. As I've said in the past, we don't run any advertisements on the website or on the podcast, so we have to support the business in some way and setting up these interviews and of course producing the articles and the podcast is Timely and costly. So, we really appreciate the subscribers that pay just a dollar a week to access all the content on the Sweat Elite website and, of course, the podcast. And the good news is there's plenty more coming soon from our trips planned in March and April to Japan and Flagstaff, where we'll be studying some of the elite runners based in those two locations. On to this podcast episode, I interview, it's actually our first female guest, Betsy Saina from Kenya. So, I did this interview when we were in Kenya last month in Iten. Betsy is one of the best female distance runners in the country. In Kenya, that is, she has personal bests of 30.07 for 10,000 meters on the track. In that uh, particular, or when she ran that time, she placed sixth at the Rio Olympics. She's run a 67.49 half marathon in Japan, In February last year, 2019, and later on in that year, so only three months ago now, she ran a 2.22.43 marathon at Toronto. Interestingly, she ran that a week after Chicago Marathon where she was aiming to run her personal best time, but she had food poisoning uh, in the days just before Chicago pulled out at halfway and uh, decided to enter a marathon only five days before Toronto and then ran 2.22. We talk a bit about that in this podcast, actually. But other things we speak about in this podcast episode, um, Betsy went to college in the US. She actually went over as a 958 3K runner. Um, so she only really just qualified to for a full scholarship at a college over in the US. And only three years later, she was the NCAA champ uh, over 10k and in her final year she was the 5k and cross-country NCAA champion which is obviously an enormous jump from heading over there as a 958 3k runner which only just as I said before um, was fast enough to even get her a scholarship so we speak quite a bit about her time in college um, what her transition was like out of college to become a professional runner she won the Paris marathon in 2018 we speak a bit about that and of course, uh, throughout the whole episode, we talk quite a bit about her training um, under Renato Canova and uh, a lot of her more, more difficult training sessions and um, also her goals in the in the coming years. Uh, we talk about the differences between training in the US in her college to training back in Kenya now. And we also discuss her potentially, hopefully, becoming a U.S. citizen in the next couple of years. So you can learn all about that on this podcast episode. Before I uh, transition over to the podcast episode that was recorded a few weeks ago from intent Kenya, just like to say another huge thanks to the people that have rated this podcast five stars. Most of the ratings have been five stars, so we're very thankful for that. And if you have enjoyed these podcast episodes, we would really appreciate your rating. So that's about enough from me. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode uh, from Iten, Kenya. It was recorded uh, with Betsy Saina. It was recorded in Carrier View Restaurant, so there is a little bit of background noise. And unfortunately, at the very end, you can hear a a phone ringing from downstairs, but you can still um, hear the entire interview very clearly. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode with Betsy Saina. Welcome to another Sweat Elite podcast episode, recording this one again from Carrier View in Iten, Kenya. Today, we have... Uh, Betsy Saina from uh, obviously from Kenya, who's a 30.07 10k uh, personal best from the Rio Olympics, 67.49 uh, half marathon personal best, and 222.43 marathon personal best. Thanks for joining, Betsy.
1: Thank you, appreciate
0: it. You've just come from spending some time in the US and you're here for a week and then you head straight back to the US. Um, and you're currently uh, training for potentially doing a marathon in March or April I'm not sure yeah. yet mm-hmm. um, but I think uh, what I'd like to talk or at least start with on this podcast is speak a bit about um, your time studying in the US at uh, Iowa uh, State so uh, how did it come about um, I guess uh, attending college in the US in the first place uh, from from being here living in intent in Kenya
1: Um, you know like uh, after high school I was one of the lucky people that's what I can say because not everybody can can get the opportunity that I I did Um, so after I graduated I just I was I was good runner in in, in high school but then I didn't know like if I was going to take the next level to go to school Um, so apparently I just wanted to um, I talked to my parents and I was like I don't want to stay home when I'm waiting for my KCSE results which is the the results from the the, you know like the form four. Um, so I started going for training again because I was like, I don't want to be home. I just want to, to run. You know, in Kenya, it's like everybody it wants to run, to do running anyway, to be honest, because maybe of the culture stuff. Yeah. So my goal was like just to train and um, maybe run professional. But yep. it wasn't all about like going to school. Sure. But then after like a month of training, I end up meeting some students everybody's like oh um, I just graduated from high school I'm going to try to go to the US for studies and then I was really interested about it and that's how it came about and I I just like I changed my mind and I just had some people who are like there's a lot of people who have done that before so I was in Munich anyway yeah. so I started conducting some people and they just helped me and I I just got this scholarship and I went to the U.S.
0: Yeah, sure. So what sort of times did you have under your belt before you approached the school? So as a you know, as a late teenager or early 20s, what sort of times did you have before you applied so that you were eligible? Do you, do you remember? Uh,
1: I, I do. I didn't have anything specific. They only uh, One of the coaches came from the U.S. and did uh, the time trial and I ran 9.58 for the 3K. Okay. And then they did another one again after a couple of times and I ran 10.06 and that was all that I needed to go to school.
0: Okay. obviously obviously... Improved significantly since then um, yes. because you ended up NCAA champion over cross country, 5K, and 10K. Is that correct? Yep, yeah, um,
1: 5K, 10K, and cross country.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. So let's just start from the start. What year was it that you first headed over to the US in Iowa?
1: I went to Iowa in uh, January 11, 2009. 2009,
0: mm-hmm. and it was your third, uh, sorry, your fourth year that you won the 5K and the cross country.
1: Is that right? uh, You can tell the story. You you know more about it than I do. I just ran um, my junior year, I won the 5K indoors. And then my senior year, I won 10,000 in cross-tension.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. And so um, how was, I mean, running 10.06 and whatever, it was 9.50 something for the 3K before you headed over. Obviously, you improved significantly when you arrived. Um, What was the sort of the training and the transition like over there? And what was the, it would have been a bit of a, um, culture change as well, coming from Kenya to to studying in the U.S. I guess we could. It would be good to hear a little bit more about about that.
1: Uh, you know, what it was
0: like when you first arrived.
1: Uh, when I got to school, um, we. Used, when I was growing up here in, you know, like most of the athletes in Kenya, especially like high school kids, because they have never traveled abroad and they don't know much about like the other cultures. You know, you could hear people saying like, "Oh, if you go to the U.S. even without training, nobody is running. You know, you'll just be crushing it." So. Um, I get there, and I was relaxing, and I started, like, enjoying I was like, oh, it's, uh, you know, like, I'm where I wanted. So, like, I was assuming, like, even though I ran 9.56, I was like, well, that's the best time. Because they say, like, they're not in a bad way, but they were like, the white people are not good runners. (laughs) And that mentality was just, like, really insane. So, I got to school, and I took my sweet time, like, relaxing. And one day, my coach approached me because... In, uh, for you to maintain your scholarship, you just have to place for... They have conference meets, and yep. you have to score for the school. Because, you know, you're having a scholarship, so you have to give the points for the school. Yep. So I did my first race of the Indos in the same, like, in February of that, 2009. And I ran 1734, which was, like, I think I was, like, number 21. Um, and then I, my coach came and approached me, and, you know, we had to sit down, and he was like, man, you... you you will need to find another school. So when I heard that thing, like I was, it means I'm losing my scholarship. You know, like and right. I, my parents are not gonna be able to afford to pay the um, thirty-two thousand US dollars for the school. So um, I reevaluated myself, and um, I met my husband in Adaiwa State. So he was the biggest the helper to me. I didn't, you know, like we were just dating, whatever, but he was helping me a lot. And he was like, "Man, I know you can do it. You just have to train so hard." So I started training really, really. In February of 2000, when I when I, when I didn't run very well, and when you realized
0: you might when lose I realized a I'm losing this scholarship, yeah. so I went
1: all out. I was like, yeah. I better f- you know I, I was just trying to study and I'm trying to be like I need to get this. So by outdoors of 2009, I started running like six, f- 16, 15 for the 5k, and I was already running 17:34, and by that time I went to the nationals and I was eighth by June. Right. So that's how significantly my improvement was, and I everything started changing, and you know even though I could have some some days whereby like you know even when you are fit sometimes you can go for the race and you still like have a bad race like cross country I was like number 89 my freshman year
0: 89 yeah
1: but then still you know it's just those things like it can happen to any athlete but I just I just changed my mentality and I trained really really hard in college and I think that's how I ended up being successful
0: yeah sure and what did you study over there was
1: I did public health public health okay yeah cool
0: so fast forward a few years you've become in 2012 the cross-country champion NCAA, which is an extremely hard event to win, um, did that come as a surprise to you, or was that was that something that you had the goal to do that year? Or at that point, I'm just trying to gauge sort of where your goals were at at that point in time.
1: Uh, you know, at that point, I I, read, like, I remember when I ran in Stanford 31:15 uh, for the for the 10k. Yep and uh, that was like a huge improvement for me to be honest like I had not done something like that and um, after that I I knew like I'm the best because it could be an NCAA collegiate record but I was red sharing when I ran it Right. so okay. I ended up losing it anyway to be honest it was, it was okay I still won the whole race anyway with like professional runners and stuff and then it just changed me like I just felt like you know what I'm really good. Like, yeah. I, just want, I just want to win this cross country. And my coach, uh, Coral Imels, is in Boise right now. He's one of the coaches who never gave up on me. Like, he just, he was putting me on this, like, saying, Betsy, you can win this cross country. And I was like, I don't know. Coach. And then the, the good news stated in uh, Louisville. Louisville is kind of like, I can say it's a flat course. Okay. To be honest, I'm, I don't want to take credit to them good cross country. runner. Yeah. So we get there and I was like, man, this looks like truck, It's like barely like a golf course. Right. So when I was going there, I knew like, I had three competitors who were really, really good, like Jordan Nasey, Bidia Costino. So um, I knew I could be top three, but my coach wanted me to win it. And act- I actually didn't win it until the last 100 meters or the last 50 meters. Yeah. So we keep racing, and I was like, I'm feeling really good with this. So, um, but then I was really, really you know, like, really confident because training was amazing. So yeah. so I just went there, and I just won that race.
0: Yeah, cool. Sure. And in the same year, you won a 5K on the track? Yes. And then the following year, the 10K. So I guess at that point in 2013, when you were in your final year and you'd won NCAAs, you were thinking down the path of signing a contract with someone and becoming yeah. professional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happened after that? Like, what were the steps that you took after that uh, uh, That final year?
1: Uh, you know, like, after running, the only thing that you, I did was just that I, I relaxed and I, you know, like, I had a lot of people approaching me, like, wanted me to sign with them, like yeah. the agents and stuff, and uh, my, my coach helped me a lot, like making the decisions, and I just signed with, um, I, I remember when I, I signed with one of my best friend, uh, Barnabas Korir, he went to Iowa State, and he's a Kenyan, and I work with him, like I work in their management, Colazo, mm-hmm. and they helped me to get the contract, and I started my probation, just like that.
0: Yeah, awesome. Um, so that was 2013, mm-hmm. and... Uh, what, so what did 2014 and 2015 look like? I'm sort of making the way to the Rio Olympics where you were, where you were fifth in your personal best time of 30.07, which is the 12th fastest all time. Um, so what did you get up to in 2014 and 15? Of course, I've, I've had a bit of a research, but it would be good to hear about what you were doing in those two years. Uh,
1: 2014, it was kind of like an exciting year for me because that was my first real professional year like okay. after college. Um, I had kind of, like, crumbling life because you didn't know exactly, like, you know, like, I tried to... I went to for the Diamond Leagues. I went to... I remember when I ran two miles in Briefontaine. Yeah. And I ran nine twelve And it was, like, I was super excited, like, really, because I was, like, number five at the Diamond League. And, you know, like, the way everybody's really fast, like, in the Diamond League events. And um, I still ran, like, a 5K there. I threw in some stuff that I was doing. And then I ended up running... I think that's my year that I ran... I think I ran like 14.39 maybe in 2014 or something. So um, it was kind of enjoying the professional life, like traveling, you know, like learning to travel in Europe, like getting to meet new people, getting to meet all these names that I used to watch in the TV. So it was kind of an exciting year, like throwing in like everything that I wanted to do. Um, But then I, um, I did in, you know, I was getting ready for the 2015 to make the team and I was like, I really want to make the The world world championship team. Um, anyway, I had my cuts really planned well, and I got to the trials when I was, like, the fittest person I've ever been. Yeah. And um, if I if I still remember, like, I was even the one pushing the race, like, at the trials, and I almost won the trials, to be honest. I, I was barely beating Vivian by that time, and I was super excited, like, everything was just coming along, and I made the team, but then after I made the team, I think I might have overtrained before World Championship, and I ended up being A, um... But then, you know, like, after that, I was just like, I'm just going to give another shot. Like, I, you know, growing up, everybody wants to be an Olympian, and yeah. everybody wants to be in the Olympics like anybody else. So, um, as soon as I finished the World Championship, I just turned my mind, and I talked to my coach. In My coach by then was Jerry Schumacher.
0: Yeah. Because um, that's when you were training with the NARC-Balman track club. Yes. Yeah.
1: So I talked with him, and I was like, you know, I just want to make the team for the Olympics. And he was like, we have to start right now. And I I remember it was October of 2015 when I started getting ready for the trials because I knew, like, it's very hard to make the team in Kenya, like, for the Olympics. So I went back, and I just, you know, like, I had the hardest training ever. I still remember um, before coming to Kenya for the trials, he did a test on me to do, like, 500 meters with 100-meter jog for 10 miles in the truck. And I still ran like 53, 53 minutes for 10 miles for 10 miles on the track with 500 on 100. 100 off. Job. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, Betty, you are in the first year, but I don't think you there's no way you'll not make the team. Yeah. And actually, my goal was like, you know, I want to make the team, but I really wanted to be in the podium as well. Mm. So I was like, okay, let me take care of the first thing first, and make this team, and then. Think about the next goal, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I came back to Kenya and I trained here in the team for like a month, and then I went to the trials, the fittest I have ever been, and I met the Olympic team.
0: Yeah, where did you come at the trials? At second. The, second, yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. So that was I, at the Rio Olympics trials. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I met my team, and then we just went to the camp, and I trained so I trained so hard, and. I was so fit that I still, I still can't believe I didn't get the medal, to be honest with you, because I remember when I would go to the track, and I have, um, like you said before, like, what was my fun workout to do when I was getting ready for the Olympics? I did a mild repeats, um, six of them, with uh, three minutes off. And we started with, like, 4.45, then 4.41, 4.39... 4.40 and the last one was like 4.37 like you know what I mean like it's yeah. in altitude yeah this and is here this is, is here in Eldoret yeah, so when I did so that so that's I about
0: was like... uh, for people listening in kilometres that's about starting at just under 3 minutes per k and then finishing it about 2 just under 2.50 yeah. per k yeah, yeah, at, so... at altitude
1: yeah so I did that and I was like I'm so ready to go for the Olympics, you know. After doing that, who else is not ready to come be? Yeah. And I remember that time I did the workout with Vivian Chiriot. Yeah. And we were both finishing it together, like, I was just, like, crashing it. And, and
0: was she the one that beat you at the trials? Did she come first,
1: or...? Yeah. Yeah. She did beat me at the trials, but Vivian is my best friend. We train together when, I'm, when I am see her around and stuff, so... Yep. She was helping me, actually. She was trying to make sure that I get this before the Olympics. Yeah. So, um... We got to the the Olympics when I was like, oh, man, I'm so fit. Like, everything was just coming along, and you just feel like I'm the fittest I can. And I was thinking, like, I was like, on at the end of the day, if Vivian will get the medal, I'll be the second one. And then there's an Ethiopian. And I was just just saying, like, I have to make this team. Like, you know, like, I was just like, I've made this team. I just want to get this medal. We got to the Olympics, and the race was so crazy. I ran, I crossed the 5K, and I'm like am I doing the 5k or am i am doing like, I think I crossed the 5k 14.53, I don't remember, I'm not very sure.
0: Quick summary, Betsy was 30.07, fifth place and 12th fastest all time. That was a personal best for you by about 50 seconds. Yeah. Whereabouts. So you passed 5k in under 15 minutes. Yep. And you must have just been thinking because uh, uh, name of the winner, Ayana? Ayana. She went out Insanely fast. It was from memory. Yes, like I think 14, it was like 14, 30 something.
1: Thirties, yeah. Yeah, because I, to be honest, I, um, I remember like even though I was way behind, we started lapping people, and I'm like, Ayanna is almost lapping me, and I'm la- lapping her, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, I'm running like really, really fast, yeah. and I finish the race, and I look at the watch, and I'm like, wait, what, thirty zero seven, no medal and I was like oh it's fine I'm done with the Olympics and <laughs> as soon as I crossed the line to be honest and I figured out like I didn't get anything from the truck I was like I'm done I'm going to put the marathon yeah okay <laughs> Yeah. and
0: that's when you decided that you wanted yep. to move up to the marathon mm-hmm. and you've had some really interesting experiences in the marathon so far um, I like the story that you told before this re- recording that we can talk a bit about Frankfurt
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you won the Paris Marathon 2018 mm-hmm. uh, and last year you were second at Toronto in your personal best 222.45 mm-hmm. but I think we all know you've got a bit more in you um, at least a sub two, 220 coming soon I think at least I think
1: that's, sort of <laughs> sorry? that's what I hope sorry? that's my hope and my yes.
0: goal yes cool um, so what was your first marathon? Uh, what was your first attempt and when was it?
1: Uh, I started debut in 2017. I went to Tokyo Marathon, mm-hmm. but then I was injured. Okay. But, you know, like, like, you know, all the runners, nobody wants to give up. Like, you just want to, you know, remember sometimes you have something like, you know what, I can, I can get away with it. Yeah. But then, unfortunately, maybe not in Marathon, to be honest. I don't think you can fit in Marathon when you have, like, a serious injury. Yeah. Um, I had one of the worst tendonitis problem. My tendon was swollen, but I still went for the race anyway, and I ran until 34K, and I stopped. Okay. So I didn't finish in um, in Tokyo. And then I came back and I re with And I was still injured a little bit. But I was like, I'm going to give another shot and I'm going to go to New York Marathon. Because mm-hmm. I had a good over and, you know, like, it's one of the reasons that I like to watch and I wanted to be part of it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I registered for New York Marathon and I went there. Unfortunately, things didn't unfold very well. And I stopped in 37K. That was my second debut. Um, and then I went back home, and I was like, man, what am I going to do? I'm done, like, really. I can't go back to the truck. Marathon is coming, is not coming along. Um, Why did you stop
0: in New York? Was it just, you were just I, My legs couldn't keep going. Yeah.
1: I think my, my training was not okay, though. Like, I just, okay. I, I don't know, I don't think I... Everything was not coming along. Like right. I was trying to train for this marathon, but I don't know even what I'm doing yet, because I was recovering from the injury, and I think it took a lot, a lot from me, because I was injured almost the whole year. Right. Um, but that should not even be an excuse. I think everything was not just like the way I wanted. Yeah. So I, when I stopped, I just stopped and I was wondering, like, I don't know what to do. You know, like you just, you just like, just confused because you have had two races that you didn't finish in 2017, and it's a debut and. So I just decided to, I came back to Kenya and I took to Canova. And I was like, Canova, I really need your help. I really want to try again to run. Or like, I just, I don't know, everything is not coming along. And Canova started laughing and he's like, you are really, really good. You just have to believe and you have to train for it. Um, so I trained with Canova and, you know, like, we started training in December. Everything was really falling apart as well. I was completely out of shape. Mm-hmm. We could go to the truck and we're trying to do, like, 1,000s, and I was running like 321, and it's all out. Right. Then Canova looked at me, and he was like, we need, We don't need to register a marathon for April. I want you to train for four months, and then we can think about it. Okay. But then he was leaving going to Italy in January 6th, and I was going to be here by myself until he comes back in mid-February. of mm-hmm. So I followed the program, and by the um, 20th of January, my body completely changed, and I started running like, 3.14, 3.10, like not feeling anything.
0: What do you think happened there? How
1: did you Mentality. make that? My yeah. mental, I was really tough mentally and I stick with this program though but because it's specific, like it could give me like go 14K and do this and this and I could just go and do it and then I could go to the truck, like do 200s, get the speed back. So it was kind of like trying to mix everything. Yeah. And then I texted him in, I remember in January 28th and I was like, I'm going to go to Marugame for the half marathon. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm very positive. And um, I went for the race, but then Kanova was like, I don't know. And I was like, trust me, I got this. I'm going to go do it. And he was like, I don't want you to be disappointed again, because for you right now, you just need a lot of motivation more than disappointment. Yes. Uh, So I went to Marugame, and I won the race with 69, and it was snowing, and I was feeling, like, amazing. And I went out from the front, and I just blew like that, and I just won it. So I came back and we started doing like the long runs. And the good news, like I was crushing it. Like I did, we did the 40K immediately when I came back in Kipsang, like Kelu Road. Like they had one, the hard course yeah. in Kipsang Road. Yeah, it's and a I, hard
0: course, I know it.
1: And I ran to 27 for 40K. For 40K. Yeah, well, and I okay. finished that, and he was like, "Let's see, we need a marathon immediately." Yeah. It was like everything is coming along, and I was, I was supposed to go to Poland for a race, but then we had to change the race, and I went to. Paris. okay but um, it's just because everything was just coming along and I was so confident like at that moment if like I could go for like 30k and I was running like 150 no big deal like it's not like I was working any harder I ran like 148 under control and it was like if you don't run 223 in this race, 224. I don't know what else we can do. Okay. But then I went there and I just ran and I had a lot of fun. Yeah. That was
0: Paris Marathon when yep. you won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the time then? 22. 222. 222. Mm. And when did Frankfurt come? Was that later that year?
1: So after, uh, immediately after, yes, it was October, 88. Yeah. So okay. after. And
0: that's when you tried to run. I was trying to run quick. a PP.
1: Like I wanted to run like at a 220. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of like, you see when you become too much excited. And you want to be, you know, like, you just want to be right on it immediately. I came to Kenya, like, really highly. Like, I started my training, like, five months before the race. You know that excitement from the other race? Yeah. I was super excited. Like, yeah, Paris Marathon's are huge Yes, I was like, huge, yes, I, was like, I got this now. I'm so excited. I'm going to go crash it. Uh, I, I ended up a training, which is okay. <laughs> but then I got to Frankfurt, and I I actually knew I was over training all day before yeah. going there. I started struggling a little bit before I left and I was like "Mm, things are not coming along but then I still I still went for it anyway like I just went out and I just went for it big time and I fell apart in 38k but
0: and you said before that you were in very good shape maybe two months I was in a very good
1: shape two months before actually maybe even six weeks before the race yeah I was in the best shape I could just crush everything like yeah you know if you run in Kenya 331 for the 30k which is 145 that is really fast yeah um my 40 case was really amazing too. I could run my 40 case with like 226. Yeah. So it was just, you know.
0: Were you Do you remember if you were a little bit worried at that time that you were you were peaking too early or did you think that you were going no, to be No, I, was, I
1: wasn't. I was too, too much. I was kind of more excited and excited. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, I was just like really excited. Like, oh, I got this, you know. Like, you just... I didn't realize until when I started feeling like I'm struggling and then I was like, mm, it's not coming along. Yeah, but, sure. But um, that happens for everyone. Like, even for you sometimes, maybe you're training and you're like you know for sure that this is not the right thing but you, just, you are so fit and you're like you know, I'll be fine yeah. you just have that thing I'll be fine yeah but unfortunately that's not how it works but it's fine I was I just walk away with it when I was happy yeah I finished really smiling because I knew the problem where it comes from
0: yeah sure yeah. so you're on pace for 220 more or less until when you yes I was in
1: 219 until 35k and then 220 until 38 and then boom five minute pace
0: <laughs> that's a, that's a, it that's happens a, so quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh anyone that's run a marathon and struggled at the end knows that that can come very quickly. Yep.
1: I was trying to explain to Kanaba the me and he was like, I don't know what you're talking about, I was like you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do like I think I was running like five, maybe five twin I don't know. I was barely walking. Like yeah. I was just like going until I'm like maybe I should just walk or something. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And then last year you ran your personal best. Two twenty two forty three. Three forty-five 45 um, at the Toronto Marathon mm-hmm. and just before that you had a trouble at was Chicago. It Chicago Yeah, let's talk a bit about that if that's alright with you
1: yeah so you know like um, I ran Boston fast in April and I was so fit for Boston to be honest I was way more fit than going to Toronto but then um, Boston didn't suit me because it's a tough course mm. and I don't think my running my my running Style doesn't fit the heels or something. I have no idea. I don't know if I'm good for the high heels or something. So um, I came back to Kenya and I was like, I really want to go to this race in, you know, like when I was ended to go to uh, to Chicago, I. I had a good timing because I already know what what the problems I've done before. Because I even repeat the same mistake again for Boston. I went, to, I came to Kenya like December and the race is in April. Hmm. So I ended up with a training as well. Yeah. So for this one I was really... It was those times I was like I'm going to train in the US for two months and then come to Kenya for two months and then go for the race which was perfect. I was so fit and kind of, I was super excited. We thought I, for sure that I could run like 220 if it was bad. But unfortunately I got uh, food poisoning on my way to Chicago mm-hmm. and... I got to Chicago and I was super sick the whole time when I was there. Um, a night before the race, when everybody else was sleeping and getting ready for the race, I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm just having a bad night. Like, I'm really, really sick. But then I woke up and I was like, I'm gonna give it a shot. But I know, like, I knew for sure there's nothing I will do because anybody knows, like, if you are a marathoner, you know very well that um, if you have any if you are sick, if you didn't, eat, if you didn't hydrate well it's 42k you cannot affect that no. so I started the race when, and I still had a problem with my stomach as well so I started running and I was like I'm going all out even from second kilometer because I didn't eat for the last three days and I keep pushing on it and till 21k and I was like there's nothing I, there's no way I would finish this race so I just pull out and I was so frustrated and then I just, I just came and met with my agent and I was like I just don't want to lose this fitness I felt like I trained so hard but I need to get something out of it. So the good news, they allowed me to go to Toronto and I went there, like, expecting to... I was like, I just want to see, like, what I can do. Like, you know, it's not going to be perfect the way it was mm. because you were sick a week ago and everything is not coming along as well. So I registered and I went there and, you know, I'm so happy that I, I was able to run, like, 2.22. Yeah. and be able It was to, the
0: week after? Yes, immediately.
1: Yeah. Like, I finished the race on Sunday and I travel on Tuesday. Yeah, OK. And I was just travelling when I'm not even very...
0: Very well Yeah Yeah, okay Okay, and that, so that was in, uh, yeah, that was in October, October Just October last period. year yeah. Okay, and so since then You've been back to the US
1: Yeah, so uh, I flew from the US to Toronto And then I went back to the US Yeah um, Then I wanted to go for my vacation, And I decided to go to Honolulu Yeah, <laughs>
0: send some photos
1: And, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it was exciting I just wanted, I didn't want to, I didn't care so much about I asked the race organiser who was racing because I didn't want to go there and be like number five or something. I just yeah. wanted to be like, I wanted to do my vacation and go have fun in Honolulu. It's one of the best places to be, to be honest. Yeah. It's one of the best islands you could ever want to stay. Yeah. So um, I went there kind of like a vacation. But then I end up, you know, I raised the marathon anyway for fun. But I didn't train though. Like It's not like I, I put the training like saying yeah. I want to do this and this. I just like carry my fitness and do it like a long run or something. I don't know yeah. if that's what I can use and... I was third and I ran two thirty one and I was so happy. I was second actually. I almost wanted it but I lost it towards end. but it was fine. I just ran to, 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 to with barely like the training from the previous month. Yeah, practice, you just so. had a bit of time off basically. Yeah. yeah. And now you're in the
0: process of um looking into citizenship. Well you're well down the down the path. Yeah. And uh so you very well may be a US citizen very soon. you
1: mm-hmm.
0: You're actually heading back to the US next week? Yes. And how is that all potentially going to work out this year with the Olympics? We spoke a little bit about this before, but...
1: Uh... Um, well, I won't make for the Olympic marathon for sure, but um, I think I will make for the track. Yeah. So, like, apparently I want to do the marathon when I'm done. The thing is, like, I just want, I just want to give it a shot. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter what happened to be honest. Like, I'm, really, I'm all excited about it because it's something that... I mean, I've lived in the U.S. for the last... 11 years now so you know for me it's just like I just want to have fun like you know like you never get another opportunity like that you know like you never get another opportunity to go to to have something fun yeah. more than just like you know running sometimes needs to be fun you should not like take it like too serious sometimes yeah, so um, I'll try to come back and you know I'll try to do the speed sessions I still feel like I, I still have the speed to be honest sometimes when I'm training for the marathon I can still do like I remember when I was going to uh, Chicago, I did uh, 1600 times 10 with like 90 seconds recovery, and I was running like five minutes to all of them. Yeah. So, pretty much, that shows like I still have the speed. So, yeah, for sure. yeah so I'm, I'm gonna give it a shot. Like, we'll see what happens, but I think I'll give it a shot for that.
0: Awesome. So, you train with uh, under Canova now, mm-hmm. and you've posted some of your training uh, on, on Instagram, and you've shared a little bit with us in a previous conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, you feel like Canova's um, training program is working for you. You've been with, been with him for a few years now. Um, what what are your more difficult training sessions with him? Um, what are the ones that you that you find most challenging? He has some very very difficult ones on his agenda, but um, which are some that you might do between say three weeks to, to six weeks to go before the race that, that you find the most the most challenging?
1: Uh, special block is very hard. But, um, you know, when you have to do, like, 40K a day or something, like, you know, when they give you, like, multiple workouts for the day, that's the hardest one. But to be honest, I don't know. Like, I'm, I end up coming to realize that you need to love something. So nowadays, I'm I really I'm excited for his training more than being stressed out about it. It's yeah. hard, for sure, but when I approach it and be like, I got this. Like, the way I did my, my previous special look was really one of the things that I felt like, if you become more stressed about it and be like it's so hard it's very hard to do it yeah but when I started becoming calm and like approached Canova's program knowing like he knows what he's doing to be honest with yeah. you like yeah. he's one of the coaches that people doesn't even one else doesn't understand he will give you you will know your fitness before you go for the race yeah if you suck you will know for sure that I am not in a good shape because all this training is specific like Canova knows like exactly what what to eat before the races what to do before the races so um, it's really hard the special block but that's one of the best things that I'm coming to love I want yeah. to love it that way I enjoy doing it so
0: can you give us one example of a special block we've actually posted on social media one but um, one of them you did last year it was,
1: it was yeah, 50, I think it was almost 50k for the day yeah I so uh, yeah. I think 49 maybe so we did like 2K warm up and then we did like. This is in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Then we did 10K, uh, 37 minutes I think. And then I did uh 15K, 52 or 51, 12 I remember. Then we took a break. We what came, pace?
0: What pace is that? 15K, 51.
1: It was three.
0: Twenty something. Twenty
1: nine, twenty eight, something like that. It was three twenty nine, three twenty eight. Yeah. And then we came back and we went back again for the second second block, and we did like 10K with 37. 36, 30, Thirty-six something, and then we went to the truck, and I did uh, one case times twelve or ten. One case ten or twelve.
0: I think it was twelve. Yeah, like yeah. three, three ten,
1: three twelve. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, so yeah, it's um, it was a busy day. like yeah. Running 50k, but
0: are you exhausted in those 1ks, or is it just I,
1: at some point? Yes, I was by by half of it, we want to stop. Yeah. But then you will give your stingy high, and it's like no, you have to do it. But um, it's it was good. It's just like you know, it was just amazing. Like we finished it. I, even though I felt like I wanted to quit, I just feel like I feel like that fitness. That's the reason why I keep getting like longer fitness. Yeah. It's like, you did a lot, so it's in the bank. Yeah. So that's why it's not very hard for me when I'm coming for the second one. Yeah. People does not understand that, but for me, I really understand that the training from the previous marathons is, especially if you have a, a good one, like when I head for um, when I head for Chicago, I feel like it's helping me even for the next one. Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, absolutely. And what's the sort of training session that you do when, when you know that you're in very good shape? I, I think Canova's pretty standard one is a 30k tempo run. But there, is there any more that you sort of finish and you know? Okay, now I think I'm ready for a fast marathon. Any that come to mind?
1: Mm. Then with this training, like you can even never. Sometimes you might not even understand until because this training is very specific. Like sometimes you do longer fat legs, and you just you just like split very good. And then you can go like you can go to the like like this year I went to the track more last year for the for the marathon for New York, for Chicago. But um, for me, like when I do like long runs. Long runs is my strength, by the way. I love doing long runs, so... And I could feel, like, immediately after my long runs, how do I feel, and then I can go for, like, a long session, like, 3Ks on the road, and I feel great with it. Yep. Or, there's a day we do 5Ks, and that's actually one of the things I used to measure myself as well. And Perfect. then my last one, if I always eat this... Um, there's this workout you do 1K on, 1K off... And he would be like, you need to do it like three twenty, three forty-five. So whenever I eat that very well and I feel like relaxed, I know I'm good Yeah, you're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm struggling, because I remember when I went to Frankfurt, I think I knew very well that I was not, I was completely done. I was struggling with time to run 3.20 and 3.45. Yeah, I okay. still did it, but still you're going whole out. So it means like, yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, thanks for sharing a bit about your training there, Betsy. So we're going to open up the floor to questions from the group here at the Kenya uh, Swetoli Kenya Running Experience. Pedro's first with a question.
1: Okay. Hello, Betsy. Uh, first of all, thank you for sharing a little bit of your story. Um, I would like to know what, uh, what differences did you find between training in the USA with the American coaches and training here in Kenya? Um,
0: if you can remember you were there a while ago
1: I know you know like uh, to be honest like training in Kenya is like the difference is just it depends on the places where you are in the US because uh, in the US there's there's only three places Um, there's uh, Flagstaff, Arizona for the altitude Uh, there's Colorado Springs there's Mammoth Lake um, and Park City in Utah so um, if you're not living in those places then the training is completely different because for me I live in Portland, Oregon so like we don't have like enough trails there and there's not a lot of runners like here whereby like you're going to meet people who can pace you so to be honest I I love training here because you will get to have like people running around with you have like um, a lot of internationals here there's a lot of you know interaction here more than even running so I like training here more than being in the US for the training
0: yeah um, I've got a question. What are your eventual goals? Uh, how fast do you think that you can eventually run over the marathon and half marathon? And um, what are your short-term goals for this year as well, 2020?
1: Uh, you know, like, my goal for the marathon, I just, I just hope to run, like, 220 or 219. That's I don't want to go really too much. I just want to go, like, take it one step at a time, you know, like, and then see what happens. Um, for the half to be honest I don't know like, yeah. I, I think I'm okay with 67 <laughs> yeah. I just keep trying but I, I don't see anything like really special that I want to do for the half but the biggest goal for me is the marathon yeah. so if you want to be a good marathoner of course you will not run like I, I will not be able to run 65 to be honest I don't think I, I have that I am not limiting myself but I feel like it's possible for me to run 66 but you know yeah sure
0: Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, now we have Michael from Poland who's going to ask Betsy next question uh, hi, Betsy. Um, for me as an amateur, uh, it's easy to keep mo- motivated since I have so many people, so many elite athletes to look up to. How does it look like for an elite athlete like you? Who do you look, who do you look up to when, when competing? For me, obviously, I look up to people who are faster. Mm-hmm. There's not many people who are faster than you. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, you know, like, for me too, to be honest with you, like, when I was growing up, I had uh, my idol, as uh, Vivian Chiriot, mm-hmm. because, you know, I could watch her, Your like, best friend. yeah, she was so tiny, she was running so fast, and I used to be like, oh wow, I really want to be like her someday, you know, like, and I just, I just keep, you know, I just keep trying and saying, what does she do and then I keep looking at her like I just kept kept looking at her until one day I started meeting her and started competing with her and started even becoming more fun than the way it used to be so it just came to reality instead of being like a dream you know mm-hmm. so um, she's my inspiration and I really you know I really love her she's just someone that she's run for a long time and she has a long history and I follow her from when she was running really young so I'm really yeah yeah Fabian as my role model even though in Kenya we have a lot of people who run really fast to be honest but you know, like like Edna Keblag at this stage, she's one of the best people I've ever met and she's one of the nicest people I've ever talked to. And, um, you know, Mary Kaitani, there's a lot out there, but Vivian has been my role model, to be honest, so... Okay, that's, that's a very broad answer. Thank you very much. Thank
0: you. Um, I've got another question that I thought about um, a little bit earlier. You said... <clears throat> Some of the training sessions that Canova prescribes are, are very, very difficult, but you, you, you've, you've learned to really relax before the sessions and not really worry about it. Mm-hmm. Have you always been like that? And if you haven't, how have you... It might be a difficult question to answer, I'm, I'm aware of that, but how have you changed and how have you now become... It's almost like the way you said it before was like, you just, it's, you just chilled out about it. You're just like, well, whatever happens, happens. I'm going to give it my best. A lot of people stress about very difficult training sessions, especially very hard, long runs. How mm-hmm. do you think you've managed to do that? Is it just a maturity thing or what do you think?
1: Uh, you know like uh, like I told you a long time when Canova could send the program I, I could be like freaking out really yeah I could well, be some in bed of the right are now very like, very difficult to, yeah, to even read like, yeah I'd be like <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to go to bed at seven I'm like, oh my gosh, how oh, am I gonna do this also stressed out yeah until I just came one day and I'm like, you know what all the time I'm stressing out, and I can go and do this if I can do it if I can't do it then there's nothing like what, what what else could you do anyway what what is the worst the that happened if you don't if you don't get the done yeah. so um I just changed my mentality and I was like I really want to be tough that way when I get to the race I can be tough too so there's no way I can run I can be able to run 220 but I'm not tough to all this training because you know like running 520 per mile for whatever miles 26.2 is not the necessary thing so um, I think it was kind of getting maturity a little bit mm-hmm. and realizing that everybody else work really hard and you just have to know that you have to do it to be better yeah. like I cannot just sit here and watch and be like I just want to go run 220 you know yeah. so nowadays I wake up for training work over, and I'm like coach i got this like i'm not stressed out anymore
0: no just more excited about it you seem like yep yeah cool well thanks so much for joining really looking forward to seeing what you produce this year and in the future any more questions
1: here no okay. cool yeah, all right you. thanks for joining betty you. appreciate you guys